My name is Jeffrey Sidoris, and this is Iteration 51. All right, let's talk about inspiration, specifically what to do when you can't seem to find any. Generally, there seems to be two schools of thought around how inspiration works. In one camp are those who more or less wait for inspiration to strike, which is sort of in line with the Greeks who believed that inspiration was basically an unconscious blast of creativity, either from the muses or directly from the gods. And to be fair, I know quite a few artists who insist that their particular muses drive much of their creative work. For example, my friend Gareth has his muse Melissa, and while the work he does with other models is terrific, there's just something... I don't know, special about the work he does with Melissa. Muses in one form or another have inspired art and music, film and poetry for thousands of years. So who am I to question their validity? In the other camp are those more in line with Chuck Close, who famously said, inspiration is for amateurs, the rest of us just show up and get to work. Now I understand what Chuck is saying, and on some level I agree with him. The work isn't going to just make itself, and at some point you need to stop the navel-gazing, roll up your sleeves, and do something, whether or not you're comfortable calling it work, and really, regardless of whether it's even good. In her book Bird by Bird, Anne Lamott writes, quote, Perfectionism is the voice of the oppressor, the enemy of the people. It will keep you cramped and insane your whole life, and it is the main obstacle between you and a shitty first draft. I think perfectionism is based on the obsessive belief that if you run carefully enough, hitting each stepping stone just right, you won't have to die. The truth is that you will die anyway, and that a lot of people who aren't even looking at their feet are going to do a whole lot better than you and have a lot more fun while they're doing it, end quote. Now, although this particular quote is really about writing, I think the sentiment holds true for a variety of creative endeavors. If you're a photographer, you've probably heard the Cartier-Bresson quote that goes, your first 10,000 photographs are your worst, which is basically saying the same thing, and that is just do the work. But often the need to know that our next creative something will be good before we begin is a stumbling block. And for many, myself included, it can keep us from even trying. But the idea that we can either receive inspiration from on high or will it into existence is a bit of a red herring. Close's approach seems to put the onus solely on the maker and dismisses any outside intervention, divine or otherwise. It seems far more likely that it's a bit of both. Picasso said inspiration exists, but it has to find you working, which seems to suggest that he had a foot in each camp. I've come to believe that inspiration needs our receptivity, our readiness. We have to show up before it can help get us where we want to go. So what do you do? How do we motivate ourselves to get out of a creative slump and back into making inspired work? Well, I wish I could give you a simple recipe to follow, but as you probably already know, inspiration can be fickle. What's inspiring for one person may have little or no effect on someone else. One of the best ways that I know for getting myself out of a slump, creative or otherwise, is simply to get out of the house. I shut down the computer, put down the phone, and just get outside. Adrian and I are incredibly lucky that our house backs up to a beautiful section of forest. In fact, it's one of the main reasons we bought the house. We're literally steps away from the trailhead that winds through this little section of woods. Woods that I visit nearly every day, either running by myself or walking with Adrian and Cooper. 
and just the sounds and the smells along the trails are enough to help get me back to center. Now, I may not come out with a fully formed project or even a solid concept, but it's definitely enough to let the ideas begin to find their way through the noise of everyday life. One of my other favorite sources of inspiration is music, either directly or indirectly. I have several go-to playlists of artists and songs that almost always help me to, as Tony Robbins puts it, change my state. Most of my inspiration music is instrumental, since the lyrics, especially if they're familiar to me, are distracting, and I find myself concentrating more on them than trying to come up with something myself. Interestingly, while I love having music playing while I paint, I much prefer to write in complete silence. Music has also played a pivotal role indirectly, especially when I was younger. For example, when I first started listening to Rush, though I loved the music, it was Neil Peart's lyrics that really drew me in. He was referencing literature, science, mythology, and philosophy. He even credits Ayn Rand on the liner notes of 2112. I found myself reading about the artists whose music inspired me to find out what inspired them and then reading those books. Through Neil Peart, I was introduced to the work of Ayn Rand, John Dos Passos, John Steinbeck, and others, some of whom I read, others I just read about. The same goes for Sting, who inspired me to read works by Carl Jung and Buckminster Fuller. In each of these cases, my mind was open to directions and possibilities that most likely wouldn't have existed without them. Another terrific way to get out of a creative slump is to give yourself a project or assignment. Photographers and many artists often take on 365 projects, creating and posting a new piece of work every day for a year. I tend to give myself smaller projects that allow me to flex specific creative muscles, often treating myself both as the artist or designer and the client. My book Photography by the Letter started out as a design assignment. Originally, it was going to be a free ebook with one term for every letter in a visual style inspired by vintage camera manuals like the one that came with my Nikon F2. Over the course of three years, it grew to more than 170 terms and concepts, with 50 unique diagrams and nearly 100 original photos. The book also grew from a simple glossary to include useful tips, answers to many common questions, exercises to encourage readers to practice what they learn, and interviews with top professional photographers to help get the creative juices flowing. One of the tangible and really unexpected things to come out of that project was rediscovering my love for graphic design and layout. In fact, I've recently given myself a similar assignment to redesign the covers of three of my favorite books. What I love about this type of assignment is that it ticks multiple boxes for me. It allows me to reread some of my favorite books from a different perspective than if I were just reading them for pleasure. For titles that have gone through multiple editions, it also allows me to research what other designers have done to see how they have interpreted the material. And finally, it allows me to apply specific parameters or restrictions to the final product to stretch both my design and conceptual skills in different directions. For example, limiting myself to a specific physical size or coming up with a design that's more abstract as opposed to something literal. As I said at the top, there is no single panacea that's going to magically jumpstart your creativity or get you out of a seemingly never-ending rut and on your way to making something amazing. But there are definitely things that you can do right now to break the cycle and help inspiration find you. In the meantime, stop worrying about it and just go make something, even if it sucks. Remember, it's always better to be doing than just thinking about doing. In the show notes, you'll find links to a few things I thought you might find interesting, including a fascinating article on HuckMagazine.com. It's the story of Adrian Street, 
an androgynous and incredibly flamboyant wrestler from the UK who inspired musicians like Mark Bolan, David Bowie, and Bob Dylan. They called him the godfather of glam. And also, an interesting article on the New York Times suggests that the music we loved as teenagers tends to be the music we still love as adults. And finally, check out the Instagram feed of Jude Allen, a San Francisco-based travel and landscape photographer who recently returned from Japan with a stunning body of work. Absolutely beautiful. Subscribe to get everything I produce, all of the iterations, every in-between, and every process-driven, all in one feed. Just search for Jeffrey Sidoris, everything in your favorite podcast app. You can connect with me on Instagram and Twitter at Jeffrey Sidoris. That's J-E-F-F-E-R-Y-S-A-D-D-O-R-I-S or on my website at jeffreysidoris.com. If you'd like to share some feedback or just let me know what you're working on, email me at talkback at jeffreysidoris.com. I'd love to hear from you. You can support the shows by sharing them with a friend or by tapping the little green donate button in the top right corner of my site. I'll be back next week with another show and I hope you'll join me. Until then, thanks very much for listening. As always, I really appreciate your time. I hope you enjoyed it and I'll talk to you on the next one.